You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. The only people for me are the mad ones. The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious. Misery loves company. But we don't have to live this way. Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different. History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid. We are the mad ones. So let's get to it. They really shouldn't put a button <laughs> that takes me out of the thing. That, that was bad news. Oh, okay. Well, we, now so, we know that button's there. Yeah, we don't touch the button. So <laughs> let's just pretend that didn't happen and let's let's do the intro then. Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your, I saw a recipe for safe cookie dough and it was made out of chickpeas. So yeah, I'll be risking my life with eggs so I don't have to eat chocolate chip hummus, host Cam Harless. And mm-hmm. with me as always is your beef stew soup, not soup, soap creation specialist and penguin hater, Miss <laughs> Jessica Green. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm good. I have a lot of good product ideas. Um, I don't know that the soap that smells like beef stew was one of them, though. <laughs> I think it's probably one of your best ideas. Oh, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, we do have a guest that we will bring on, but I thought, you know, I respect women so much that, you know, I, and I never want to objectify them or come across as a misogynist in any way. So I've elected to let Jessica introduce our guest tonight. So. <laughs> right. Okay. So joining us tonight is a woman called many names. Some of them have included E thought a fed one time, Aryan Barbie and more, but she is none of those things. She is a blonde bombshell, a chess master, an intellectual and a writer for the Macy's Institute. And she is thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> Miss Natalie Denelish. <laughs> I did not write that. <laughs> yep. My favorite name was always Arian Barbie. So, <laughs> right. Can you tell us the story about how you got named Arian Barbie? Oh, I I posted something. It was like a, a leftist. He. Um, it was it was actually about the vaccinations and COVID and everything. And the leftist came in and he was like, oh, look at Arian Barbie that posted this. And I was like, OK, I like that. You know, Arian Barbie, we're going to roll with that. <laughs> and uh, just just, you know, over the last year, it evolved into now I'm Arian Barbie. So just I'm kind like, of okay. adopted the name. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cool with that. We'll, we'll go with that. But uh, yeah, there there were a few other women who actually were called like Nazi Barbie online on Twitter recently, and it came back up. But I was like, it's just Barbie. so horrible. I'm like, why? Why are you calling these people these things? <laughs> and you know, it, it's like Nazi is such a horrible thing. You guys are the left is just like rendering that that you know title meaningless. Absolutely. You know, so it's it's not it's not something I'm like ugh, too happy about. Yeah. Oh, well, it's kind of like when we talk to Jeff, uh, Jeff Deist. And, uh, you know, that that wonderful speech he gave 
um, a couple years ago when he talked and he gave this entire speech about how libertarians should recognize what people want, what they care about and all of that if they want to remain relevant within the conversation. And at the very end of his speech, he had said um, he, he needs – right. Yeah, he just used that for – he said people need to realize that blood and soil – and, still matter uh, to people. Yeah. yeah, still matter. So that meant that some God, probably, it, was, it was like God, nation, blood and soil. Right. I think. Yeah. yeah. And what you what you have to know though is behind that was some um like Cato libertarian who listened to the whole speech and then waited for that last sentence to go, Oh, I'm gonna call him a Nazi. <laughs> Yeah, that whole beautiful speech that I love. I mean, that, that's probably still my favorite Jeff Dice speech to this oh, day. Because, yeah. you know, it talks about family, and, you know, and everything. And it, it was just, it was such a beautiful speech. I still quote it. Actually, there's a quote on my Twitter not too long ago from that speech where, you know, family is the first line of defense against the state and our mm -hmm. connection with our ancestors and everything. It's so important. And you almost don't hear that anymore. It's like people are afraid to talk about it, but it's true. You know, family is the first line of defense against the state. And we need to focus on that more. We don't, you know, well, especially no libertarians, wonder. they don't focus on it. Go ahead. No, it's no wonder that people are afraid to say something like that, because obviously it's going to get you labeled with something like Nazi. And I'm sorry, but that's just the nuclear option when you're trying to attack someone. And, you know, unfortunately, when there is a Nazi around, no one's going to know because you're calling everybody a Nazi. So how are we supposed to know the, the, when there is a Nazi, you know, like it's a boy who cried wolf scenario. I mean, if we're going to be completely honest, I'm pretty sure there's only like 10 Nazis in America. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, that's it. And, and three quarters of those are in the FBI. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they're they're, they're <laughs> feds sure. posing. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous right now, especially, with all the name calling and the, the, you know, it's almost like, you know, I feel like people need to just get away from politics, you know, yeah, and focus yeah. on the family. And, and that's how, that's one of the big things I feel is, you know, lost in America today because, mm -hmm. you know, back in the 1800s and stuff, they relied on family. That was the only thing that got us through everything in the beginning. And uh, we just don't have that anymore. It's kind of sad. You yeah, I, I tweeted something about that the other day because that's a, a big point for me, something that, you know, me and Jessica both push, you know, there are a lot of things that are kind of scary or frustrating, you know, the changes in how we've treated family, like who takes care of our old people now, mm -hmm. the yeah. state, yeah. who takes care or, you know, nursing homes, who's taking care of our parents, our grandparents, who's doing this. But I had tweeted, you know, freedom starts at home. And I got a, a message from someone uh, who was very mad at me for posting that saying that, why are you saying this instead of doing this political action? And I was like, you, you had a problem with freedom starts at home. <laughs> it's the most benign thing I have ever tweeted. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the most like common sense thing, actually, you know, because yeah. it should be common sense that freedom starts with family. You know, it starts yeah. with your personal beliefs, your principles. And, people aren't getting that anymore it's more of like reactionary especially like on twitter you know oh yeah Auto automatically you post something and it, it just goes insane but i'm when, when it comes to family i i'm i'm really big on you know taking care of like i took care of my grandma until she lost a leg and then she, we actually did have to get her in specialized care um but 
I, I don't see a lot of the younger generation taking care of the older generation anymore. And that, that for me is like depressing yeah. because we should be taking care of the people who raised us, you know, who helped us, who <laughs> fed us, who clothed us. I mean, call it's your part mom, of their... for God's sakes, <laughs> call your grandma. I don't have it's... any grandparents left. I actually just lost my grandma in February or it was like January, or January or February, and uh, she was already dying. We knew she had cancer, but she got COVID and kind of like pushed up faster. Mm. And um, I lost my grandma, and she was my last grandparent. So it's kind of like yeah. call your grandparents. I'm so yeah. big on that. Like take care of them because it's short, and you only have so much time with them to learn so much from them, you know? Well, and that's the thing that's been one of the most heartbreaking and evil things about this last year with COVID and the government response to it was how they have separated old people who probably had this many months to live left from their families and made it so that on their deathbed, they couldn't touch or have that last bit of affection and relief before they went away. And it's like, that's evil. I I don't know. I had a I hadn't seen my grandma for a full year until her deathbed. And she couldn't open her eyes. She couldn't really speak to me. But I'm, 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 you know, I'm pretty sure she knew I was there. She would, like, groan or something when um, I would hold her hand. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was rough for me because I grew up with my grandmother. She lived with my parents my whole life. Um, so it, she was, like, a third parent for me. You know, when I was sick, I'd crawl into her bed and watch cartoons or something because yeah. um, I was sick as a kid. I had kidney failure. So she was always there just to let me hang out and stuff. And uh, and it was only by a stroke of luck that I could be with her in those last three days because we mm. switched her to hospice that allowed four visitors, only four. Like wow. they had to like take our temperature and everything every time we came in. Um, so... I'm, we were very lucky to see her in the last three days. And there's a lot of people in Ohio right now or before like a year ago who couldn't see their family members, you know, before they died because it'd be in the hospital yeah. or something. So um, Ohio was very tyrant oriented. Um, I, I nicknamed yeah. it Soviet Ohio. It was very bad. <laughs> um, and actually today the, the mandates lifted and we can burn our Ooh. masks. So <laughs> I was very nice. happy about that. I actually tested it. I went into Target and Walmart, and about half people were wearing masks, half weren't. So that made me kind of happy. At least half were sane. Yeah. Well, it's like um, I was living in Pennsylvania at the beginning of of COVID, uh, like the very beginning, and uh, around. Well, let me let me say something. On on, I told Quest Fanning that I would crack open the Basil Hayden since he had a bottle. And so Quest, I'm pouring that now. Uh, but back to that. <laughs> I was living in Pennsylvania, and this made me think of the the bourbon because on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, I went in to get some Irish whiskey so that I could make a, I don't know what the PC name for it is, but an Irish car bomb for St. Patrick's Day. And I walked in, and um, as I was, I walked in, I saw that there was some wood <laughs> by the door, and I was like, that's kind of weird. And then I went through the line, and the lady goes, okay, well, it's, it's good you came today, because we today's the last day we're going to be open. 
And I said, what? I was like, well, is that what the wood's for? And she was like, oh yeah, we're going to be boarding up the store so that no one tries to break in while we're gone. And this was like the last straw for me. There were a couple other things that were weird, but no one was wearing masks. Not a lot of people were freaking out, but it was like, that was the canary in the coal mine moment for me. And so we actually moved out of Pennsylvania the next week and moved to Florida. So How's we're now Florida? in Florida. <laughs> have, have been I'm here so jealous. I really want to move to South so bad. You have no idea. I'm like, I need to go. I need to leave the North. This is insane. I, I, I mean, yeah, I was well, about to say like, people. Go ahead. I'll shut up. No, no, I <laughs> no, you're fine. I was about to say people are streaming into states like Texas and Florida right now because they've realized what, you know, the governments of their states will are capable of. And I just hope to God that they're not bringing their stupid voting practices with them because that's what caused these tyrannical governments in your states in the first place. But it really does mm-hmm. sort of prove the uh whole idea of the, the the federalist experiment where you have different state entities and that separation of power can really protect you because DeSantis was able to protect his people from what otherwise would have been an overreaching mandate very much like what you had in Ohio so but didn't he didn't he lock down at first yeah he did he at for first a very he did. So, time, yeah for 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 for, for yeah. For, for, for a very brief time, he did. I can't speak to that. Yeah. I swear I didn't have any of that skull vodka before I went on. Um, but for, yeah, for, for a very brief time, he did. And yeah. so it's kind of like, well, it you know, he was still so a much... bit of a tyrant. He was still like tyrant like, yeah. you know, yeah. sure. which, which yeah. governor didn't lock down? It was only Christy uh, Nome. Right. She was the only one. So, yeah. I mean, I give her credit for that. She never had a tired moment, you know? Right. What, what so, he gets but, credit for now, I think, is when people started, like, whispering about vaccine passports, he goes, okay, no. That's not right. going to happen in Florida. Don't even consider it. We're not doing that. That was that was leading the nation, in a sense, which I, you yeah. know, I'm not a big yeah. fan of the nation. But at the same time, that's kind of where you don't hear much about Nome anymore. But he's still kind you of don't, actually, fighting which is in... Odd. Yeah, but he's still kind of fighting in that space, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compared to what you take, else you has. take a gnome and you take a DeSantis, and you can probably find issues that they have that we would be totally like, absolutely not, no way, this is a trash take. But you know, a gnome, place, isn't she like anti marijuana laws or something? Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, there's always something sure. that libertarians can take issue with. I mean, that's just kind of right. like a natural. But the idea of coalition building is that like you find the single issue that you guys could work together on and you work together mm-hmm. on that issue and you don't like, okay, so you'll fight out marijuana a different day. But if you're going to work on lockdowns, you're going to work on pass- vaccine passports, I can coalition with you for sure. So whether Christy Nome is terrible on marijuana is almost besides the point to me. It's that where it counts, the locking down, she did great. And, you know, DeSantis, for his part, yes, he locked down a little bit in the beginning, realized the error of his ways and pulled that off. And so, you know, I still kind of give him credit for that. Um, only well, I, 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 think, I think the governor of Alabama <clears throat> also signed um, no on the vaccine passports. I haven't yeah, heard well, any other state, though. So there were, I think Mississippi may have too, but kind of the way that there was vaccine another one passport worked, it was DeSantis came out and said no. Uh, I've been extremely, I'm from Alabama originally. Like that's, that's, I love Alabama. You know, I want to move back to Alabama. Heart of Dixie. I'm from, I'm from the Birmingham area. 
Um, but they have been like Kay Ivy, who is like 97 years old. I don't, that's, I'm, that's hyperbole. She's an old lady. She's been terrible <laughs> on this, but without, without, I'm not saying I'm a big fan of the state or even, you know, the state government, but the fact is when DeSantis set the stage for that, she followed. And then I think Texas followed and I think Mississippi did. And so like all the Southern states were like, okay, no, we're not doing that. And I respect that because I mean, at least he's protecting me from not having to, you know, beg to get groceries. Like that's, that's very nice. (laughs) Cause you know, my my kid's dad, I was on a trip not too long ago and uh, my kid's dad tried to go into the store to get milk and he's anti-mask and uh, they refused him milk uh, for my children and he had to leave the store without milk. So, I mean, that gives you uh, a, an idea of how horrible it was up here. My three-year-old couldn't yeah. have milk. You know, and you, you can you can go online and have it ordered, but that's that's beside the point. You know, you, it was just it it got really bad up here, really bad. There were times um, in the very beginning where I was wearing the mask, but I would leave home and sort of absent-mindedly forget it. And I was like, okay, well, I just need to run in and grab one thing. Maybe it'll be all right. And like <laughs> Michael's uh, refused to let me in. Now, granted, art supplies are not like essential products or anything like that. But that pretty much did it for me with Michael's. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can just order what I need from Amazon. I don't ever need to come back here again. Like, yeah, there were, there were a lot of places where I'm like, I'm not coming back to this place. <laughs> you know, I'm just not. This is how you treat me now. I, I don't want to shop with you anymore. You know, I, I had I had some great places and they didn't care. It was mostly gas stations. Gas stations were the freedom among Ohio places. <laughs> right. It was so weird. I'm like, okay, you know. And it, it, it's funny too because uh, my local gas stations. I live in Ohio, so I'm I'm surrounded by Amish. So it's like <laughs> Amish were the ones coming in without the mask, kind of paving the way for everybody else because they don't vax, they don't care, they don't have TV to see about COVID, whatever. Based Amish people. <laughs> yeah, I love Amish people. So here's here's the thing. I wanted to actually say that I applaud you for something, Natalie, because there are a lot of people out there who, when they contracted COVID, would have changed their tune about what you should do, how things should be, et cetera. But you had it recently. I'm pretty sure you're still coming off of that. I am still you, coming off. I am still exhausted. And you haven't exhausted. come off the the song of freedom and i applaud that so thank you for being consistent out there because we need that yes ma'am well that's what that's what having principles mean you know being consistent with what you believe and you know i believe that government shouldn't be involved in our lives in any sort of way and you know and people people especially lol birds or whatever that's why i call them um libertarians were like well it's private property and I, i'm right. just like but they're doing this because of government can right. we just get that out there can we be honest for once you guys are you know the private places they're doing mask mandates and everything because especially like uh, today was the day that ohio stopped doing the mass so about a week ago this i started noticing businesses were automatically just taking down their signs so that tells me mm-hmm. that they weren't waiting they were just like, let's do this now. 
because it's coming. You know, so it's like they really don't want to do it. They don't want to force their customers to mask up, you know, be tyrants to them. And in a sense, it puts their employees in a precarious position because, you know, they have to confront people. Mm -hmm. So it's like there there were so many horrible things, too. And I even think there was like some fights online and stuff about masks between customers and employees and stuff. And it's like. Right there, you're just putting your employees in danger. So why are you guys following these stupid state that, that don't mean anything? Right. You know, yeah. they, they really don't. I mean, if you looked at, looked at the math thing, Tom Woods has a great video on this. And he, he shows in different countries where the mass mandates were implemented. And after the mass mm-hmm. ma- uh, mandates were implemented, there's these huge spikes going way up, you know? So it's like the masks aren't working because there's these huge spikes, of, you know, COVID taking off. So um, I will time. say if, if I had to go into a store only because I didn't, I, you know, 90 percent of the time I was tired and I didn't want to confront people, I'll, I'll put on a mask. But I, I would never, yeah. you know, out of the store ever. Um, so I, I did that and I still caught COVID. Yeah. And Can it I say- was horrible for me. It was horrible. Like I wasn't, you know, I was just sleeping around the clock. I yeah. couldn't eat. Um, I lost 14 pounds. Um, it was really bad. I was even scared in some times because I couldn't breathe. Um, I had heart issues and I passed out one night. Um, so my potassium plummeted. And uh, it was a lot. I, I, I was on multiple medications, um, an inhaler. Um, I was taking like dozens of vitamins to try to get over it. Mm. So I am a month out now and I'm finally starting to feel normal again. And like, yeah. I have some energy, but did you it was, lose your it was sense of taste. I did, but it was really weird. Okay. So for the first two weeks, <laughs> I thought I had allergies. I had sniffles <laughs> and I lost my voice, yeah. which is weird because I didn't think losing voice was a symptom. Do you guys remember that? Mm. It was like I had laryngitis. Yeah. So I thought it was just allergies. And um, so I, I went to an event and then came back and that night I passed out and I went to the hospital because I didn't know what was going on. I was kind of scared. It was weird. And um, at the hospital, they told me I had COVID. They, they did a swab for it. Um, not that I really wanted to be part of the government's numbers on COVID. Yeah. I hated that. And I really still don't trust the tests, you know, because they're not meant for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, as the, the manufacturer said, or whatever, the guy who created them, I think it, I forget his name. Do you guys know his name? The, are you talking about the P- PCR test? Yeah. 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 I, it's so I, I, I was just, yeah, something with the kid. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, the guys tried to be honest in that video and everything. And so, it's, so there's a lot about it I, I don't trust, but I was very sick. But I have immune issues. That's something okay. that a lot of people, I don't know if they know, um, I'm missing organs. My kidneys function at like half um, mm-hmm. speed. So it's it's kind of like, um, and I have colon issues as well. And, you know, a good gut, that's you need a good gut for your health. Yeah. So it, it yeah. attacked me really bad. And But there is no reason, absolutely zero reason, why people who do not have immune issues, who are perfectly healthy, had to mask and lock down for the last year. Countless people I knew had depression. I knew kids who took their lives, which was mm-hmm. really, really hard for me when that happened. And, you know, you see the look in teenagers' eyes, and they are just hopeless because of everything that happened yeah. in the last year. 
and right now everything that they did the economy has gone to shit completely mm-hmm. and i don't know can i swear on this podcast it's not Christian. Yeah, you're yeah. Good. okay <laughs> so so um so i mean it's gone to shit so their future looks bleak i mean right now uh i i think lumber's way up um yeah. the price of steel is way up so Meat's even like going and getting too. a car yeah oh gosh well, the meat the meat yeah well uh thomas massey was talking about the meat last year i was talking about the meat last year i'm yeah. we're, we're going to be facing some very difficult serious shit we have enough san- hand sanitizer but we won't have meat okay yeah. this you is the issue that? we're facing we're going to have tons of fucking toilet paper but no lumber <laughs> to build a house okay so this is what is happening and people need to recognize it and they need to be fucking pissed off excuse me i'm swearing too much <laughs> There was also that hack. There was a hack of a uh, a, one of the largest meat packing plants or meat slaughtering plants in the nation was hacked by um, some like hostage taking hacking. I don't really know how it works. Just like what happened with the gas company, right? And there's all this hacking going on, and it's like precision hacking, in my opinion. Yeah. It's very and, great and, reset and, and hacking. I have my theories. Yeah. I have my theories, but I'm not going to say them. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to hear theories. It's like story time. I mean, I well, I mean, you know, there are vested interests globally, vested interests um, that want to see the U.S. taken down, and then there are forces within the U.S. that want to see our economy collapse because it would cause people to have to rely on the government even more. So it's like there yeah. are so many places that have the common person, which is all of us our suffering will benefit them in so many ways that it's like, uh, how could you not take the incentive if you had the ability? You know, well, I think you're, also, you're, you know, it takes away from Biden, you know, people seeing Biden as a complete and total fucking idiot that he is. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. has dementia. That guy needs to be in a nursing home and he is somehow our president. It's absurd. It's like the most absurd thing I've seen in my life. I mean, I thought Bush being president was absurd. This goes beyond that. Yeah. You know, Bush couldn't like say a sentence, but you know, Biden, he's just and then, he's eating ice weird... cream and shit. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> oh, that ice cream stuff was awful. He just like they're like, what flavor? And he goes, chocolate, and they all go, ooh. ooh and I'm like, yeah. ooh, we are in a lot of trouble because so now there fun. is no fourth estate whatsoever that will criticize the government. And with Trump, it was like criticize everything he did, hyper focus on every little detail of what he does. And for Biden, it's paper over, cover over. The emperor has beautiful new clothes. And if you don't see them, you're a Nazi. And that's, you know, a horrible state to be in because um, they're they're They can get away with a lot of things. <laughs> now, now, I didn't vote for Trump. And either time, I, I am a diehard Ron Paul supporter till the end. I mean, Ron Paul was the only guy I've ever voted for. I'm going to be completely mm. honest. But I liked Trump. I liked his tweets. I mean, I really love him on Twitter. Oh, man, that guy, he he really could just rile people up, and I loved it. It was something I, I, I really never saw before, and I actually kind of liked it because it felt personal, you know, besides. And, and then if you look at, like, Harris and Biden's tweets, they're like, oh, have a great weekend on, like, fucking Memorial Day weekend. It's like. They make me want to you know, die. We're remembering dead people, and you tell yeah. us to have a great weekend. <laughs> Yeah, you know this is a time to remember the people who fought for this country, and you're like eating ice cream and shit and saying have a great weekend. I can't, I can't. Every time it's I almost, see one, I just I do. I, I miss thought, Trump. Who said that? Perky biscuits. I miss Trump perks. too. 
I find it I'm, impossible I'm waiting to for his, his social media thing. Where is that? Well, that was just him it... doing like uh, press releases on his website. And apparently that ended. <laughs> and people are like, oh, he's such a failure. Like, uh, yeah. okay. Who cares? Well, we didn't deserve uh, I, it. I want, I want a social media Trump page. Like yeah. Twitter on steroids. I need this in my life. <laughs> I do. Well, with so the Kamala fun. Harris tweet, I find it really hard to believe that she didn't have any concept of the fact that people would like not receive that or be like, what the hell are you talking about? I almost think it was red meat for Democrats who hate conservatives because it riled up conservatives and that maybe in their thinking would please their base. It's a very Trumpian tactic and I don't put it past them. So I saw that Kamala Harris tweet is very purposeful. Like she said that to to piss off conservative people, to piss off people who have military family, whoever would get pissed off at the idea of disrespecting Memorial Day. I, I think that was um, done with uh, marketing in mind for the Democrats. That's, That's possible. My at the same time, though, she's a total idiot. So um, <laughs> she's a hell I'm, I'm, she's a cop. I'm, <laughs> I'm loath to paint her as stupid because she's obviously enough of like she has enough intelligence to climb through like political ranks and she's got like at least enough instinct or like killer instinct. She was climbing on her a mouth for it. To be honest here. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I have I to mean, pull back on that one. I can't keep going. <laughs> but, that, she, no, but she was not climbing with her feet. We'll just go there. If we attribute stupidity to her, um, we might lose sight of how dangerous she is. And that's, you know, I don't want to, to risk that. I don't I don't assume stupidity on her part. I assume evil for sure, <laughs> but not stupidity. Yeah, definitely evil. But that's all of government, in my opinion, besides yeah. a few like, you know, Rand Paul, Thomas Massey. Those those guys are probably the honest, most honest two people in politics right now. Yeah. I, I like how Rand Paul called out um, Fauci. He was great. Yeah. Oh, Fauci. Well, He's in so much hot water right now. <laughs> but I did want to say, speaking about not calling Kamala Harris stupid, I think that has been my argument with people about Fauci for the past year is because they um, say, oh, he's so dumb. He's And I was like, he's not dumb. He's evil. He's, he's malevolent. He knows he's what he's doing. He's definitely a tyrant. Do not give oh, it, him an excuse. He want him Wasn't now. He's going to picture of him with like ex presidents and stuff or something. You know, so he's been climbing that ladder for ages now. He's always been around, and he knows. You know, so there's yeah. there's definitely a, ve a veil of evil in that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. But, you know, given the fact that Amazon and every other bookseller pulled his book today, I think wherever they. Wherever they have the big, rich people, rich, powerful people secret meeting, they all got around and decided that Fauci was done. And right. Amazon well, pulled this book. So. Amazon wanted to present some sort of competitor to Michael Malice, and then they got scared and they had to pull it because uh. they knew they could not beat Malice. <laughs> <laughs> there, they couldn't there have was, done it anyway. There was one Isn't he at number one or something now? He, yeah, he was there. Last we talked, we talked to Dent, and he was at number one for the paperback and at number two for Kindle at the same time. So about that, when I looked okay. at that, um, I didn't realize there was a little bar above that that said books about anarchism. 
So he was number one in books about anarchism. About anarchism. And I was like, he's oh, number okay. one. I just got oh. excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we'll take it. You know, he yeah. or something, you know. Okay. <laughs> I think there Jeff Geist's um, tweet about that book was probably my favorite because he was like, Michael Malice oh. put out a book about, about you know. The anatomy of the state, and, isn't it? And, and the anatomy, yeah, it, 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 did, did you hear that anatomy of the state is in Michael Malice's new so book? so funny. <laughs> I was I was laughing so times. hard like I had like a belly laugh when I read that tweet and I was like oh and then Michael Malice commented and I was like hey I hear your book has Anatomy of the State <laughs> you know or I think it was Anatomy of the State I remember off the top of my head but I, I still haven't gotten that book I'm probably in some kind of anarchist gulag shit list be for that gulag. yeah. <laughs> One yeah. thing that you mentioned earlier was about how um, the the different companies were following the state's orders. And that there were fights in the stores against, you know, the the employees and people who didn't want to wear masks. And no, this is going to to sound like I'm inciting violence. I'm not. But I'm kind of glad those people <laughs> fought because yeah. that was one of the big yeah. things was because um, Walmart realized that they couldn't fight people and they told their employees not to not to confront anyone anymore and that went yeah. to other stores as well that wasn't super well known but that meant that you could especially in florida but you could just walk through the store and no one would bother you because mm -hmm. they'd been told don't get in a fight over this don't confront and so That's even right. though they were a little rowdy and throwing hands I'm, I'm i'm glad they did it because they allowed for a little bit more freedom yeah, I have respect for people like that. Like to some degree, I I, I can't start you know fisticuffs with my three children in tow, you, <laughs> right. you know. So it's kind of like okay, fine, I'll put on the mask, but my kids aren't wearing it, you know. Right. So I, I'm really happy to say though, my uh, now three year old, she never wore a mask, not once yeah. throughout all of this, and that that made me happy because you know at certain points she's just, you know, she was two when all this started yeah. going down and it, it's, she's, you know, trying to recognize faces and expressions and everything. Mm -hmm. And then here's all these people with masks. So she just started waving to everybody. She's like the most outgoing child I've ever had. But, uh, somebody said, teach your kids to fight in public. It's actually, <laughs> that, that, that is actually really good advice. And my son, when COVID started, he, he already was almost a black belt in Taekwondo, but Taekwondo required masks. So we didn't go back. And I found this, uh, boxing place called hooligans yeah. and they didn't require masks so i started teaching my teenager son how to box and then i joined up with him so i mean that, that yeah you you do need to know how to throw a punch and take a punch because that is the world we are going into yeah in the next couple well, years and it's like, like my kids last year showed you it's like it's like the pre-show in my opinion it's like 9 yeah. 11 do you remember 9 11 you guys are old enough to remember yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah I was skipping school yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I was like a teenager. I was homeschooled and I was eating Cheerios. And then I turned on the TV and I'm like, wow, that building's on fire. You know, I didn't register. I would have done so first. much better. And then I watched live the second plane going in. So, yeah, yeah I saw that, too. And the only reason I saw it was because I happened to be skipping school that day. Um, I found out <laughs> from kids who were at school there was a total blackout. They didn't tell anybody at the school what was happening. And so a lot of kids didn't find out until the afternoon that anything had ever happened. And yeah, yeah I wish I had been homeschooled. I would have done so much better if I had been homeschooled and been yeah. eating Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, well, it was great, but hard because I wanted to start college early. So I started at 16 full time. 
But, you know, homeschooling is great. My kids are homeschooled. So it's 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 something where it teaches you to um, self-motivate, which is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I, I got a ring light and my 13-year-old daughter set it up for me today. She was like, I know how to do this. I was like, okay, you do it. So, I mean, nice. it teaches them things like that, you know, basic life skills that I'm like clueless about. So I'm like, <laughs> that's great. But um, yeah, back to the 9-11 thing, we were way more free in the 1990s. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually very grateful I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And um, I'm happy about it because after 9-11, it just patriarch and all went to shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. and now my kids are growing up in this like totalitarian society, you know, and it's only gotten worse. So much Isn't worse. It- isn't it insane though? Like I miss 2008 times, you yeah. know? Oh yeah. <laughs> but isn't it insane uh, that there are people on this planet who are 20 year olds, 20 years old now, or will be by the end of the year who have never lived in the world without the war in Afghanistan. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is completely insane. And actually that that's my son. He was born in 2006. Yeah. So he has not known a day without, you know, a war in the middle East. So, um, and he is also, he'll be 15 this year. So, yeah. So it's, it's like crazy. It's his whole life. It's, it's my, my middle child's whole life. You know, we've been at war. The feds just been devaluing the dollar, you know? So it's just one thing after the other, after the other. And their, their future looks bleak. You know, I already told them I will help you out as much as possible (laughs) because I I know the shit storm is coming and Mm -hmm. this, we haven't even seen it yet. You know, you yeah. think high prices on beef and gas and everything. No, that is the calm before the storm start stocking up now. You know, yeah. bullets, one, guns, everything. Yeah. And one benefit mm-hmm. to hard times is that it does drive families together. So there is a yeah. counterweight to these things that happen. And when we, you know, it unfortunately it has to get to such a bad point. But like, especially during the Great Depression, it really like made people realize what they could do and that they were so much yeah. more capable you know, and because because you had to, you had to make do. People survived that because they gardened and because they had skills. They had, like, I noticed um, that you do like ranch work and things of that nature, yeah, taking care I work of on animals. A farm. Like, yeah, I work on a farm seem- with me. It's actually a horse rescue. I don't own the animals, but you know, I've adopted them. Right. All. So but knowing like- <laughs> knowing how, and just knowing these basic skills that used to be considered completely normal for everyone to know how to do. Is is a my arms are fantastic skill. too from lifting. Yeah. Up. <laughs> but, but I mean that that's just that that's it, it's rare in a sense, but at the same time, it's it's basic things that everybody should know. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. how to you know clean out a stall, how to stack hay, <laughs> you know, how to feed a horse or an animal or take now the thing that surprised me the most was learning how to take a horse's temperature <laughs> that was <laughs> that was but i um, had yeah the first time i did that i was so scared i thought he was going to kick me <laughs> you know you have to put the thermometer up the yeah oh yeah yeah so, <laughs> <through> the aperture <laughs> so it's like, whoa that was that was intense but but you know th- these are skills that everybody needs to know especially mm-hmm. with with steel going up you might need a horse <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, do they make cars out of steel anymore? <laughs> or, uh, yeah, I mean, but if if my dad works for Ford, um, mm-hmm. and he actually he got he got severe COVID. We all got COVID, mm-hmm. um, so he just got out of the hospital. But before that, he had knee surgery, so he was on leave from work. So I, I went over to uh, 
help my dad with some projects over at his old shop. And uh, I, I get there and the lot where there used to be hundreds and hundreds of cars, there was only maybe 10, 15 cars, you know, for brand new to get off mm-hmm. a lot. And the, wow. the used yeah. cars. So, so there's definitely an issue right now with cars and used cars and all that jazz. I saw a TikTok the other day oh, of a guy who works. Is it working? Can you hear me, Jessica? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Oh, I, saw, I, was, I saw your lips moving and I tried to. <laughs> I saw a TikTok the other day and there was a man who works at a, a new and used car lot. And he was going around. He was saying, look at how many cars are on this lot. And it was ex- exceedingly few. And he said, but here's the thing that worries me. And he walks over to this Ford truck. And it's like a 2018, 2019, something like that. Like not the yeah. newest year, essentially. And he was saying, you know, he was showing the different features. And he was like, uh, so these are really nice features, but it's pretty stock. And then he went over to the front and showed the price. And it had gone, it had gained $7,000 oh since it was first bought. So it was a new or a used truck that had appreciated because usually cars depreciate by about depreciate 25%. As soon as they right, right, yeah. right. But this one had appreciated by $7,000 because there were so few of them out there. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's an issue. And that's happening with a lot of used cars. Like it, they're just going through the roof right now, you know, and, and good luck getting a new one. You know, that's just worse, you know, yeah. so it, it's, it's really bad right now. Um, and it's going to get worse. Inflation, guys. Yay. <laughs> I, I, I it's supposed to be good for the economy. I said last year, I said inflation is coming. Be ready. And then people were like, no, I'm like, okay. You know, wait, wait and see, because it yeah. is. So, but they don't count things. They don't count the things that actually matter to real people in their inflation statistics. Like, uh, food, for example, is not yeah. counted no. at all. But to, but to the housewife, you know, that's everything. That's the first like, place we see inflation. It's 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 something that nobody talks about because, like, we'll see inflation on eggs. <laughs> we'll see it on yeah. you know. All these different things, and that that's like the immediate. Like for me, it was last year. I, I saw inflation on eggs almost as soon as the lockdown started, and then I'm like, "Well, something's coming, and it's yep. not going to be pretty." And then I refilled my whole pantry, and I bought so much liquor; it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> my, my closet is overflowing, and I'm like, "So, so we tried to buy a, a, <laughs> we tried to buy a test freezer to buy some extra meat, and we had to be on a waiting list. We tried in yeah. February, I think, and it, we we didn't get it until August, and so we have yeah. it now, but it was a small one. I'm worried I'm waiting, it's not I'm waiting on a small one right now, actually. And um, I, I want I want the freezer and I, I want to start stocking up meat. I have meat in my freezer right now, but I want more, you know. Right. And my, my son, he can hunt. So I'm like, well, if you get a deer this year, <laughs> then we can just, you know, put that in the deep freezer, you know. My daughter, she fishes. So, you know, they're very self-sustaining kids. I mean, if something happens, it's good. so that's great. And it's, it's kind of like I want to see more families just teaching kids, you know. Life yeah. or death things, and it, it, they I need to be able to live off their own because it's just getting worse. I had a physics professor um, in college tell me that because so few kids throw a ball now, it's harder for him to teach kids physics 
when they come out of high school and into college, that so few of them actually have enough real world experience of throwing a ball that he can explain what like, I don't know, the arcs and stuff like that. I was a long time ago. I don't remember the lessons he taught me, unfortunately, but um, that that just primordial childhood experience that we think is normal it's not even that they don't even have the basic still skills to garden and fish and hunt anymore. They don't throw a ball anymore. I mean, we're, we're in a lot of trouble because these are going to be hungry mouths and hungry people come <laughs> come another 18, 24 months from now. Lots so, of red lines. You know, and that that's, that's something that's just depressing when you think about it. Like, kids don't throw balls anymore. That was like my whole childhood, throwing a football in the street, <laughs> you know, or, you know, roller skating. But... Parents just give kids like tablets or phones and just let them go. Yep. You yep. know, you don't see your kid it, for like five days. Now, I my son, he's going games. through a bit of an emo phase, so I let it go. A little bit. <laughs> but, you know, he still has to leave the house. He has to go, you know, my mom and my my dad, they live somewhat close by and you can just walk down the street. And um, so I'll send him over there to check on them, take out the trash or whatever they need. So it, it's like. You got to just start getting kids out, get them doing things. My son actually went garage sale hunting the other day, and he brought me back um, a copy of The Hobbit. And I I just thought that was so sweet. Yeah, he (laughs) found out. So, you know, there's like, I'm like, oh, you totally won son points for life for that. (laughs) I love Lord of the Rings. My kids know that. And it was a third edition copy. I was like, oh, and it's like in this beautiful binding. Okay. But I'm getting off topic there. But, no, people go garage sailing. Yeah. People go don't garage know what they sailing. Have. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They really don't. There was one time um, at a used bookstore, I found a copy of uh, Man Economy and State for five dollars. Oh. Yeah, it was a big, thick. It was a scholar's edition of Man Economy and State. And I'm like, that's usually like twenty bucks or so. Okay, you know, Speaking some people, yeah, books, they really don't know what they have. I wanted to thank y'all for my free copy <gasps> of. Economics in one lesson. Which you can we should, from the we should screen cap it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff actually signed mine because yeah. he did the intro. Oh, that's, nice. that's yeah. awesome. I have a so, signed copy yeah. of uh, Scott's new book. Enough already. He signed, yeah, Scott signed mine too. I don't have it up here. But um, which was a fabulous picture, by the way. <laughs> I love yes. that picture because uh, we took a selfie actually before that. I'm like, the selfie turned ho- out horrible, and then this lady posted this picture of us online. I didn't even know she was taking it. I was trying to like tell Scott how to spell my name and stuff, and I was like, <laughs> uh, you can just put Natalie or whatever. It's fine. And she snapped the picture, and I was like, oh my god, I love that picture. So yeah, that was that was the one I ended up posting. Candids are almost always more beautiful because they're natural yeah well yeah the candidates are beautiful selfies are almost always horrible yeah a lot of work into a selfie whereas a candid it just catches your essence and that's wonderful yeah yeah so I, I like you that. you mentioned the hobbit and here's something that i've been thinking of for years really but especially within the last couple of months i love tolkien like i he's I a wonderful wonderful guy but uh, I have, I, you know, I've, I've collected those Lord of the Rings swords. I was that kind of nerd. But I've been feeling like with all things political, I've been feeling so much like Treebeard lately, who I feel like is the silent hero of the Lord of the Rings. The, Somewhat, yeah. I mean, because of the, uh, you know, I am on no one's side because no one's on my it's side, like, the yeah, kind of non-interventionist. Yeah. 
until he actually felt like he had to fight in defense. Like tree beard yeah. is my spirit tree. <laughs> I, just, spirit tree. <laughs> I just feel like I should put that out there about how great tree beard is. <laughs> tree beard is awesome. I, I mean, I just loved all of it growing up. Lord of the oh, Rings. Yeah. I always had, I always thought like list was really hot. I'm sorry. Is there just, truth? You no, know, it's Orlando Bloom. But. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are Tolkien fans, and maybe you can answer this question. I've heard before that he was sort of referencing World War II through this. World story. War One. Yeah. Oh, okay. World War I. It was World War One. He because Tolkien served in World War One, and yeah. you know he basically oh, wow. said that his superiors were not human; they were horrible people, and wow, okay. um, he he did not like serving. He waited until he was pretty much forced to serve and his mm -hmm. family was pestering him because you know back then if you didn't serve you were basically treated like you know a deserter you know yeah. by your family you know that they, they were like ashamed of you back mm -hmm. then because you know serving was just like the thing you did yep. and um actually if, if, if you really want to see what world war one was like watch they shall not grow old that is my pretty much all-time favorite war movie and it's not even really a movie it's more of a documentary and uh, it, it's just fantastic. But yeah, Token, he he really just didn't want to serve. He waited yeah. until yeah. he... And you know, and I have a soft spot. I actually have an article on Mises about it, about conscience, conscientious objectors. I can't yep. speak to I've read that one. It's great. But, yeah. And it, it's like people need to start objecting um, mm -hmm. based on conscience or, you know, whatever else. Your principles stand your ground and you don't see that much anymore. Mm -mm. You know? And yeah, uh, yeah. And as for token, yeah, uh, basically, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit was basically based off of his time serving. So right. you get those reflections throughout the books and movies and everything. Well, in that that like it's it's hard after a certain point to watch or read the Lord of the Rings and not see the one ring as state power and monopoly oh, yeah. force. <laughs> like oh, yeah. it's really hard not to see. It's like you, then and that's one of those things you see time and again are these people who you know that they have good intentions, but they're still reaching for the ring. Yeah, the I is basically the NSA in my yeah. mind now. And, and there wasn't even an NSA back when you wrote it. And I'm like, that really like rings true today, you know? So but there was still like the home office. You know, the ring was like Wi-Fi going to the NSA. I mean, every yeah. time you put it on, you saw the ring. I mean, there you go. But right, right. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so the one ring is crazy. political power. And yeah. anytime I see someone reaching for it, I go, no, we're supposed to throw that into the fire, people. Yeah, Let's throw do it in the that fire. Because I, I, I have no interest in it. I don't want to lead anyone. <laughs> well, Zero interest in leading anyone but my family. You always have these p political tyrants, you know, and no, I think I'm going to keep it. You know, who was that in Lord of the Rings that kept the ring and didn't throw it into the fire? I forget. Frodo? No, it wasn't Frodo. Frodo threw it into the fire. Well, uh, it was the guy before Frodo. No, it wasn't Smeagol. It was the guy before Smeagol, and he was like, "Oh, you're, you're talking about um, Ilandil's yeah. son, Isildur." Yeah, yeah, because he cut off his <laughs> hand, he got the ring. Oh, we're getting really nerdy now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't cast it into the fire. He was like, "I want, I want power," and that's yeah. everybody in politics. They want power. They want to. They're not there to change the world. They're there to, you know, grow their whatever. You know, yeah. their political power, make more well, money, like, be war mongers yeah. for life. Well, 
Well, and it's like Gandalf. Very few even people like Thomas Massey. Yeah. Thomas Massey is actually a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and that's one thing I actually <laughs> I love even... about him. He calls his political things, though... pin the wrong wing. Or... He's tall, he's <laughs> tall is... for a hobbit, but My we precious. him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like even Gandalf talked about how, you know, I would want to use this for good. That's why I can't touch it because I can only ultimately do evil. Like it's such a wonderful story that's like anti-government, and so few people know that. Yeah, it's they yeah. I, uh. Okay, well, here's a question you know, though for like, Jessica: it's like, How old do you think Aragorn was during Lord of the Rings? Aragorn is the Viggo Morganstein character, right? Yes, v- Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. So. I would have put him at like, I don't know, 35, 87. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I read Lord of the Rings, I went into the appendices and did the math on his birthday. And I was like, this dude's 87 years old. <laughs> and then I watched the extended editions of Lord of the Rings and they actually mentioned. And this is why I'm so mad at, at, at Sean Astin. And I hate him so much because I love Lord this of the Rings, Jessica. <laughs> But he's made Lord of the Rings worse for me. You hate him because he dropped your motorcycle. You don't hate I him because do. of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but he's made Lord of the Rings worse, and I hate him for that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm so sorry this is happening to you. <laughs> Natalie has no idea of my hatred for for Sean Astin, but it was time Marissa, to mention. I'm okay. I'm just rolling with it. But, you know, I was thinking there's so many anti-war movies out there that people really don't know they're anti-war. I mean, look at Viva Vendetta. That yeah. that movie is like the pinnacle of the last year, and people are like, it's a, it's a fiction, you know? I'm like, yeah. look at Idiocracy. I mean, that's the last year oh, and man. shit. That was a documentary. That wasn't even a movie at this point. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah, there's so many movies that are like have anti-war vibes and like They Live. Have you ever seen They Live? I love that movie. Mm-hmm. You guys oh, wait, that's the one live? with the with, that's the, the one glasses? with the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. rowdy the glasses. Rowdy it has like the worst fight scene in history, but it's a <laughs> movie. So I mean, there's all these anti-war movies, and people are just like, yeah, you know. So we're gonna put They Live on the horror movie challenge this year. Speaking Can you of. Guys do that? I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were going to ask you, we do a uh, 100 Nights of Horror, Nights O Horror, because we do it, we do it Irish, uh, challenge every year. And so starting, I think, July there's 23rd, whiskey. there's going to be um, 100 Nights of Horror movies leading up to Halloween. And Ooh. we've been asking each of our guests, since we're starting to write out the list, what is one horror movie that you want to add to the to the list and you are invited if you add one to come back on and talk about it during that time period oh god horror movie is it weird that i don't watch many horror movies no it's not a tip like I'll, you have to be a Can very I mention cnn Can we just... <laughs> <laughs> shit every day. needs to make a horror movie about the corporate media and what they yeah. do like that would really scare the pants off of some people, I think. But um, yeah, no, it's like I would, most... I would have to think about. I mean, like for for me, like the the anti government angles. I would say Hunger Games because for me, Hunger okay. Games was basically a horror movie that could actually come true. 
you know, sacrificing children. And that, that's basically what they did in this last year with the hunger. You know, if you if you watch the Hunger so, Games and then look at the last year, they basically sacrificed children in their lives. There is a Korean lives in this last year. No, I'm sorry. It's a Japanese movie. It's called Battle Royale. And it is like basically yeah. the Japanese version of the Hunger Games. And it is definitely a horror movie. So rather than Hunger Games, I think we'll put Battle Royale on there because it's a okay. uh, much more in the horror genre, but still exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, <laughs> okay. I love the Hunger Games. I, I actually, I have a Mockingjay up there somewhere behind I see me. that. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I, I never got a tattoo in my life. Um, my dad, the, though, he said he might get a tattoo in the future. And I was like, okay, if you go get a tattoo, I'll go with you. You know, because I'll go get one in some yeah. weird spot. Nobody's ever going to see, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, tattoos are gross, and so you shouldn't get them. Tattoos. Don't get tattoos. They're <laughs> they're. <laughs> so I I was talking to my my tattoo Horrible artist the other day because I'm doing like all American traditional tattoos, and I'd said, okay, can we figure out a way to do the White Tree of Gondor in American <gasps> traditional? And he was like, I don't know do if it? that's possible. Well, not yet. We're just kind of chatting. But I was thinking, very what if I You got me really excited, and then I feel really disappointed. Well, but that's the thing. Like, I don't. It's a very specific design, so I don't think it could be turned into American traditional. But yeah. I could probably get him to do tree beard. Oh, you could do tree beard. Oh, yeah. Tree beard, which I think would be really cool. It wouldn't be hard. I always no. wanted just the mocking Jay symbol because for me that's kind of like how I feel sometimes. The mocking and I can actually shoot a bow and arrow too. <laughs> so it's kind of like I think I can do yes. it. I don't think I can do it. I can't do it. <laughs> what? Can you do this? I can't I can, I can do that. I can do because that. Because I was I a show track nerd growing up. I had to teach my hand how to how do, do it. I was really nerdy. This? Yeah, I can do that. I can dislocate my middle finger actually. What? <laughs> How do you get just three to stand up? You just I can't, push no. the other ones down. <laughs> I don't oh, know dear. how to explain it beyond that. I have to hold it. <laughs> I feel really sorry for everybody watching right now. <laughs> no, it's yeah. happening. May the odds be ever in your favor. They're at home trying to do it themselves yeah, right now yeah. I guarantee. they're all going how does she not know how to do up? like what is this i'm really disturbed <laughs> this is uh, like a genetic so, abnormality so you are not on staff at the mises institute but you do no, contract out and yeah. and write some articles for them and yeah. they are like the best awesome. what is it like working with jeff diced and tho bishop and those people that we really enjoy because it has to be more fun than just what we see. It, it's a lot of fun. There's very, not many people know this, but there's very few people working on staff at the Mises Institute. And you got to give a shout out to them working so hard all the time because yeah. it is rough. It's just like right. 20 of them, you know, on staff. And I'm wow, really? I think like 20 contractors. So there's very, very few of us all working together to try to, you know, get, you know, books out to people, articles, you know, everything else. And, you know, yeah, Ryan McMicken, he does beautiful with the article work and everything. So, yeah, working with O, working with Jeff, working with everybody, it's just been amazing over – it's been nine years this year for me as a contractor. That's so, cool. and I've learned so much. Like, it, it's it's actually pretty fantastic because if I have a question, I can, like, email Jeff Dice or email Lou Rockwell 
like, hey, I'm writing an article. Do you know anything about this topic? You know, and they'll tell me or talk to me about it and or point me in the direction of a book or something. So it's like kind of really awesome having people on standby. And you can, anybody can really email Lou or Jeff or anybody um, and just ask them a question or, you know, mm-hmm. anything. And, and that's what's so fantastic about the Mises Institute. They want to teach and I, I, I love learning. I love knowledge. I love books. I mean, as you can, yeah, those are just like what? 10 of my books behind me. I have like 15 bookshelves. It's insane in my house. Like I was, I was in my son's room the other day and I was like, you need another bookshelf, honey, because your books are stacked up on the floor because my son's the same way as me. We have books like stacked everywhere because, you know, we grab one, right. we read it, we reference it and we put it down and we, yeah, whatever. We're horrible with that. There's books everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, it's how many? There's a lot of knowledge at the Mises Institute, and I love it. Yeah. How many um, of these scholars have you beaten in chess? Um, Walter Block and I had a draw, um, and Ooh. I will die on that hill because Walter <laughs> actually beat Hayek. So it's like you know, I beat, I drew the guy who beat Hayek, but I don't know if you technically want to call it a draw. Because he had, we, we couldn't finish the game. He had to go give a lecture. <laughs> so, but I'm like, it's a draw. We're going to leave it at that. Well, I saw that he, you played. He, he, he lets me pass on it. Who, do, who did I play? I, I saw on Twitter that you played Hotep Jesus, which, who won that game? I did. I got my ass kicked by him. But it was fun because we made it all the way to, I think we had just a king and we each had two pawns. So the, the board was pretty much wow. empty by the time. We got done. It was a fantastic game with Hotep. Um, great guy. He's really fantastic at chess. And how I don't long, think many people... <laughs> I, I played Tom Woods, and I got my ass kicked by Tom Woods twice. <laughs> so, yeah. and that was fun. I imagine he's good. Um, how long was the game against really Hotep Jesus? Like, how long did it take for you guys to get to the point of two pawns and two kings? I would have to look at the history. I think it was actually only like 40 minutes. We yeah, like, destroyed each other. I was like, if awesome. I'm going to die, I'm bringing you down with me because he was about to checkmate me. And it was just by sheer chance. I was like looking like four moves ahead and I saw one where I can go check his queen. And then I just started like taking all of his pieces. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you're probably going to win this, but whatever. I'm taking all your pieces. So <laughs> that's kind of how I am in like normal life. I'll look four moves ahead and give people shit along the way. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That's just like my basic like thing. I I love a lot of people though, and they're they're really fantastic. I've met so many wonderful people in the libertarian circles over the years. I'm just really grateful for that. I I, I don't think not many people acknowledge it. Like you mm-hmm. know, they give Lou Rockwell a hard time, as we talked about earlier. They give Jeff Dice a hard time and everything. Yeah, these are just beautiful, wonderful people who have just taken their yeah. time and taught me over the years and. Uh, it just bugs me. <laughs> I have, a lot, of, I have a lot of not nice words to, to say about that. And I won't talk about that. <laughs> but one more chess question. What is your ranking? Okay. So the problem with my rank lately, and I only have a rank on chess.com, even though I was president of the chess club in college, I didn't mm-hmm. do any tournaments when I was in college. Okay. Um, only because we had issues with our chapter and everything. So I was just trying to get it back together. Um, but so on chess.com, my ranking is 800 and something last time I checked, but I kept playing um, long-term games 
and I forgot I was playing them because you know I have three kids. Oh, so my ranking went down. Uh, yeah, I kept using the games and forgetting to move. So yeah, now I'm kind of like I'm, I'm only gonna play like blitz games from now on. I actually played a game. Um, I probably get shit for this, but do you guys know who Ben Garrison is? The uh, the the um, cartoonist. Yeah, um, he, I actually uh, was talking to him not very long ago. And he's a chess player, and so we played a game on chess.com, and he beat my ass too. But you know, I'm quite used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, so, intelligent people just. If if you that. don't know Jessica Ben Garrison made these comics, and he did a lot of them. He was there. He was more or less. He was pretty pro Trump in them, and some people on 4chan started taking his comics and then making them like extremely anti-semitic or extremely racist or whatever and then passing them along as his original work and so at one point if you search for ben if you search for ben garrison you could see like a photoshopped picture of him in like a um nazi uniform and stuff Uh, because they just like went to town on him but the dude like when he hits a when he hits a comic hard he does it Hard and they're very good. He's the I one, actually I, have I a believe. signed copy of his book behind me. It's it's behind my laptop. <laughs> I can't grab it. But yeah, so oh, he did the art for Michael Malice's book, The New Right, didn't he? I'm not quite sure. Actually, I have to ask him about that. I want to say that he did. Yeah, but uh, you know, but he does memory. beautiful. He does. He has beautiful comics, and they're spicy. But you know, I'm spicy, so yeah <laughs> it doesn't bug me at all you know i'm like whatever <laughs> it takes a lot to really bug me and basically it's when people hate on people i care about <laughs> yeah. so you know i feel like i feel like that defense mommy mechanism thing kick in and i'm like no you will not touch this person you know yeah you have a finite amount of outrage to give to the world so like yeah. And it's ex- outrage is expensive. Like spend it where it matters and defending one's friends and family is fine. Yeah. Being outraged about every little thing you see on the news is just a Which waste is what the of your Right. Right. Exactly. They'll be, they'll be so outraged about anything. And I think that is something that is like very, very like the right doesn't quite understand this yet, that that is one of their greatest advantages against the left, mm-hmm. that they will defend family and that they will defend land and that that's their best you know ticket and they they need to embrace it and you know when jeff tried to point that out they gave him all shit for it. he's right that when it comes to like the duopoly aspect there's like the left and then the right and there are people on the right who spend their outrage just as cheaply as people on the left do just depending on what the topic is so you know that's a almost kamala harris tweets like kamala (laughs) harris tweets right And they're just as easy to bait as some leftists and they'd hate to hear it, but like, you know, just try, you know, don't, don't become the thing that you're pointing out. Not you specifically, Natalie, I'm just using your example. Don't become the thing that you're pointing out all the time. The left does this, the left does this. Um, When I see conservatives doing that shit too. So y'all should like, you know, ooh, swear jar. I'm trying so hard not to swear. (laughs) <laughs> I swear all the time. It's okay. I apologize to you for swearing so much tonight. I'm so sorry. AOC, though, had okay. a tweet that really pissed me off. It was just like she talked about her grandma living in like squalor right. or wherever. And, and I was like, that's your family, dude. You know, how are you like letting her live like this? Well, and one of her Yeah, she's got money. She lives by her. She doesn't have kids. Kids kill your income, you know? Yeah. 
That's like uh-huh. hundred. Yeah. yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. Kids. So it's like, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that that's a hundred k right there. You, you know. So so she 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 can take care of her grams financially and whatever. Yeah, and doesn't. Well, and doesn't. one of her problems was that, Just that she stated. Trump was that they were making people leave their ancestral lands for better places. And it's like, you should have made your grandmother leave her ancestral land for a better place, a.k.a. Better your place, house. Yeah. Take care of your grandmother. Yeah, drive her in yeah. that fucking Tesla up to NYC, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, she and, is. and get, her, get her there. Get her in comfort. She, mm-hmm. So, she, yeah, she is a piece of work. And I'm just yeah. like, mm. Well, I think, you know, I think she's a created person. That is something that I've said a few times. I no, think she was a bartender, is, wasn't she? Well, no, How do you go I, I from mean, bartender to congresswoman? Right. Well, and also I think that she says these things because that lets them lets the conservatives scream at AOC when the Pelosi's and the Schumers and all of these people are in the background doing, doing dark deeds shit. that they can't yeah. see because they're too busy yelling at AOC. So I think she's like Obama was a created person. I think she is as well. Well, look at what they're, all they're doing with uh, COVID in this last year. Here, here's some free money to ignore the fact that we locked you down, took away your life, and basically destroyed the economy. And the money and they it, gave is peanuts. Like, it was peanuts, yeah, and compared to what no. people actually need being out of work. They they kept saying, like, this will money will sustain people for months. And I'm like, you gave them $600. What do you think things cost? <laughs> it makes like, me think of uh, Arrested Development. I got the when... full because I have I have, I have three kids. I got the right. 5K yeah. or something. And that was nice. gone really fast because yeah. I yeah. can't my car. <laughs> you know, I was like, bye. I don't have to worry well, about it's like... anymore. <laughs> When they were talking about how it was going to sustain people and let them pay their rent, like you said, how, do you not know what anything costs? It made me think of uh, Arrested Development when uh, he asked her, she said to um, Michael, the, the matriarch, said, you know, go get a banana. What can it cost? Ten dollars? <laughs> it's it, it's like it the cost? opposite of the way $10? they think. <laughs> and he like, goes, house. <laughs> And he goes, yeah. you've never been inside a grocery store, have you? And she just like <laughs> walks away. I, I love Lucille on Arrested Development. She's like, oh, God, God, God rest you, Jessica Walter. You were a fantastic comedian. Well, it's crazy, too, because it's like I usually buy in bulk because I have yeah. so many kids. And so when I go to Walmart, it's really easy to drop like two, three hundred, you oh, know, yeah. a trip. You know, oh, so yeah. it's like that. That's that's only a few grocery bills for me. You, you know, so it's it's crazy what they really thought. And there there are people a lot worse off than I was this last year. You know, yep. so it's like can we can and we then do we've something also better got... for people? Like abolish the Fed, and that will help a lot of people. You know, abolish the income tax. That would help a lot more people than a thousand dollars. You know, and also they have that student loan moratorium until September, but in September that ends. So people are going to be expected to pay their student loans again when the economy, especially the service economy, which is what students, you know, are generally even just coming out of college are still working in the service economy has been gutted. So yep. you're going to have a bunch of these loans come due and people without jobs or means of income to pay them because the businesses that they would have been working at don't exist anymore. So 
you know, when they're gone. that's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. And, you know, I talked about not too long ago, we had a hiring crisis because they were giving these people like $300 for unemployment. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, states are taking that away now as well. And now people actually have to go out and work again. And, uh, unless I you're in so Ohio, for that post, though. <sighs> because in Ohio, they had so much extra federal money that they got that they did a lottery for people who got vaccinated to get to oh. win up to a million dollars or to win a million dollars, 15 people, 15 million dollars. And they're using it for yeah. that. And they're using it for that. And they're not giving it to anybody in Ohio, which is stupid. You know, you, great. You have 15 happy people who are vaccinated and might not live the next four years. I have things against the vaccine. I actually have a, you know, a friend yeah. online. He just had a reaction to the vaccine. I was about and, to, you talking about JJ, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I saw that. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> you know, because he—he's just—he's just one of the sweetest guys I know, like hands down. And he has kids, and he's just a wonderful human being. And so I'm like, I hope you're okay. But yeah, so the vaccines—I don't trust them. I don't—I I don't have a problem with people getting them if that's what they want to do. But I have hard-fought natural immunity right now, and I'm so happy about that. You know, mm-hmm. like my body can just kick back in natural. Did you see mm-hmm. Chelsea Handler's little video where she got the second dose of one of the vaccines? I can't remember which one. And she was like, hey, I can't hear out of my left ear. Is this normal? No, I didn't, see that. I didn't see that. What? <laughs> uh, I just, you know, Godfrey Bloom, I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he works in uh, England. Um, and he just had a post about a close uh, acquaintance who was 40 years old got the vaccine got a blood clot died oh my so, god so it's like you, you roll the dice either way between covid and the vaccine yeah. in my opinion you know yeah. and i got the covid so i'm good i'm solid and you know as thomas massey points out natural immunity should be enough you shouldn't have to get a vaccine card or anything right so and that's well, that's that's the hill i will die on because i know freedoms never should have been taken away either. yeah well and it's it's like we should all have the... a choice with the vaccine um it's like it's not it's allegedly 95 percent effective allegedly for a sickness that 99.9 people recover from recover and it's like why on earth would you why is it even necessary at that point yeah it's not it's not it's it's completely insane and it's crazy too because i am mildly shocked it took me a full year to get COVID, and so I'm just like, wow. And when I finally did get it, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is effing horrible, but it doesn't justify the lockdowns. It doesn't justify, you know, the personal reach into the lives. It doesn't justify the mass. It doesn't justify any of it. And when I think about all the people, I've seen people over the last year wishing COVID on you over and over and over and over again. That's a bad juju. Like the fact that people celebrated you getting COVID like really speaks volumes to like where people that was my best friend really who lie. pretty much celebrated me giving COVID. She was really? my friend from childhood. She was my friend for 22 years, or maybe more. And she basically was happy I got COVID because I was I, I was anti-mask. Um, I ignored the fact that her mom got super sick, even though when I saw her, I saw her once in the mall in this last like two years. Um, and I saw her and she was like, oh, my mom got COVID and she had a stroke and and I was like, oh, that's horrible. How's she doing? She's like, oh, she's recovered. I'm like, oh, well, that's great. 
<laughs> you know? And I'm like, I've been traveling this past year and I haven't gotten sick. And that was another thing. In this past year, I went to multiple Mises events. I was on multiple planes. I was in multiple hotels. So I didn't get sick. You know, mm-hmm. I actually got sick local from somewhere around where I live. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I haven't been traveling lately. So it, it, it was it was crazy. And I, I was just like, <laughs> this is insane. But yeah, so she was my friend for 22 years. She was actually the only friend I had growing up. So, wow. um, yeah. And because um, I was homeschooled, I, she was the only friend I had in my local area. Um, the way that too. they separate people from their friends and separate them from their family is insidious. Like my mother, to oh, it's been over a year since my mother has spoken to me because I spoke she still out. She hasn't against, spoken to you? She still hasn't spoken to me. She unfriended oh. me on Facebook. That's pathetic, I know, but... Um, <laughs> I've locked my mom on know. Facebook for other reasons, you know. I, I, I see my mom every day. I swear to God, she like lives right across the street from me. I walk on over there and see how she's doing. But yeah. I blocked her on Facebook. I'm like, I'm not but dealing those, with that. She's she's those totally boomers. Well, someone those boomers I'll give her the take those boomers love take her Facebook dearly. so seriously, though. Like yeah, my my do. dad before before they take he passed. It very seriously. Like if he unfriended you, that was like a big deal. Like you were supposed to get a message out of that. And I was like, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. I'm like, you know, but uh, she, yeah, she, well, you know, it hurts a little bit more when you've known them 22 years. And I, yeah. I have heard countless yeah. stories in slash year, friends, family, and everybody separating. And, you know, to a very high degree, that's what they want. That's what the government wants. They want to separate, conquer, and, you know. Yeah. And that's that's, why. That's that's their, you know, MO. Do not let them separate you from your family. Even that sister. I love my family dearly. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if, if y'all, I'm telling y'all audience at home right now, if you've got that sister that kind of bothers you or that cousin that kind of bothers you, get over right. it. You, yeah, just get your shit together. You, you're going to need your family and you want to keep yourselves together because the separating yes. you is what they're trying to do so that you don't have each other to rely on. Do not let them do that. Yeah. And that's why I, that old I, I don't agree phrase. With my mom. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't agree with old... my mom. 90%. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, I get you. No, I, get you. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> Are you dumb? No, 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 there's a good. sound delay. It's totally fine. Yeah, actually, yeah, you guys are, are clicking weird in my ear. Um, but that's not you. I think it's my earphones. Um, my mom and I don't get along half the time, and I, I love my parents dearly. You know, yeah. I'll be there for them always. When my dad was in the hospital this last week, every day, you know, it was like, you know, going in and out of my mom's house, just making sure she's okay if she needs soup or anything, because she had COVID mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was funny because my kids, yeah, they recovered first. So I would send them over and I'd be like, Good. "Go check on grandma too," <laughs> you know. Yep. So I have and that's what you a, have to do. You have to work together. Yeah, Go I ahead. have a relative who used his one-year-old son as like a mask model, essentially, to push that children should wear masks. But what I was going to say is. That is why that old leftist phrase that I hate so much needs to die in a fire, which is the personal is political or the political is personal, whichever way that goes. Because that is something that people take to their Thanksgiving dinner tables to call their grandfather a racist or to cut off their child because they don't agree on COVID and this political point. That whole the personal is political thing is an old commie trick 
and I think the radical feminists used it as well as a um, a division, like a, a way to divide people and to yeah, exactly. make them take this into their homes and divide. And so I hate that statement so much with my whole heart. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely need, I, I can't stand masks on kids, by the way. Oh my God, they're no, at the no. lowest risk. You know, if, I have watched like toddlers wearing masks or newborn babies wearing masks and I couldn't stand mm. it. I would just have to like, mm-hmm. I have to get off the internet now. But um, we definitely need an anti-politics movement. Yes. And I think that's something just as much as we need like an anti-Fed movement, as much as we need an anti-war movement, we need an anti-politics movement and we need yeah. to break away from the state and focus on family. And yes, that's something girl. I would, I just want to get out there. I have to say it because that, yeah. that's really what we need. Surprise. That's our show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because politics is the soul killer. Like politics that's, is that's the what soul it does. crushing. Ah, it's 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 the eye, whatever. If you want to go there, from Lord of the Rings, right. it's it's the ring. You know, I was Sauron, say, Sauron's oh, eye, right? Yeah. Thomas Massey always calls his uh, congressional pin his precious, because yeah. yeah, that that's what it does. I mean, the, yeah. the government comes in and they just take over your your lives. <laughs> I hear my child screaming in the background. I hope you guys can't pick that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard it, but I hear it all the time, so it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I'm sorry. She's like screaming. Okay. Um, let me so ask you, though. I should probably go check that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but before we do that, let me ask you, what if you were to order a pizza right now, what pizza would you order? A pineapple pizza with um. Wait, are we talking brands? No, no, no. Like, just, just like, type. Like what toppings? What would you um, have? On pineapple it? pizza with onion and green peppers is my favorite. Nice. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a definitely yeah. a pineapple fan. I feel like I'm sinning now, confessing that. You should <laughs> not. I, I like fruit on pizza. I'm sorry. Okay, that's just something I've I've had my whole life. <laughs> pineapple on pizza. Uh, um, I like steak better. I don't know. Do we ever talk about steak? <laughs> that's like really my favorite food like a steak and some sweet potatoes that's 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 my favorite like heaven dish Mm. so (laughs) Jessica, what does her pizza tell you about her it tells me it tells me something that i've already known about natalie which is that she is a rebel and she does things her own way there's no ham on that there's no pineapple or uh pepperoni she's nope Fruit and vegetables on a pizza. Fruit and vegetables on a pizza. This, <laughs> but you know, tomatoes are fruit. Her own rum. Oh yeah, fair tomatoes enough. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> so See, I, uh, I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate her her unconventional pizza choices because it shows that she is not a follower and she's not interested in pleasing the crowd. So nope. bravo. So. So we can let you go and deal with the children, which I will need to help my wife with my own soon yeah, enough anyway. <laughs> um, one question we like to ask all of our guests is we do believe in optimism. We believe mm-hmm. in hope and that we can overcome. And so um, what in your, it could be in your life, it could be politically, it could be overall, globally, whatever. Uh, it could be personal, but um what is your white pill? What is something that someone in the audience might be able to microdose to know that all is not lost? Well, um, just recently I went to um, Mises Caucus event um, and I brought thousands of books from the Mises Institute and within a day they were gone. And that was, that gave me a lot of hope. Like people actually want to read. 
wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they want books and they want knowledge. And that gives me a lot of hope. And I'm seeing a lot of people reach out to me asking me where to start with Austrian economics, uh, you know, and where to read. And do you, do you know this one thing? You know, people want knowledge. And that that's something that, yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Read yeah, it. I'm, I'm, the Mises Institute is giving away a free copy of Economics in One Lesson. If you guys could link to that page, I can send it over. We will. Also, but to let everybody know, there's an audio book on. There's an audiobook on YouTube. If you're not a reader, like my, I, I don't have good eyesight, so I rely on audiobooks a lot of the time. Um, Economics in One Lesson is on YouTube as a free audiobook. You yep. can listen to it in your car on the way to work. Like, knock it out an hour at a time. And it's worth it. And it's worth it. And then you can understand, you know, the shit that's going on in the economy right now because it's horrible. And it's gonna, only going to get worse, much, much worse. And I'm sorry, I just went from like white pill to I don't know what pill that <laughs> well, was. Well, that's the thing. The white pill is realizing <laughs> that things are going to get worse, but that we can, no, it, it can get better, that we can win. Not that it, not that absolute loss is a certainty. Wish we, yeah, I, I wish we kids every day. Yeah. I, I wish I we called it hope every day and they give me that. Yeah. That's good. I wish we were calling it hope pilled sometimes because I think the pilled. the white pill concept can be confusing. So it's like doom pill or hope pill, and that makes more sense to me. Make a graph of all these pills. There are four. Oh, the there pill. are four. Anything beyond the <laughs> four you need to throw in the garbage. There's red the pill, blue pill, white pill, black pill. That's it. Anything beyond see, that's that. A lot is to remember, I still need a like a visual. Of, like, <laughs> these pills. I mean. What about the yellow black pill? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that those are sketchy pills these days. You never know. Yeah, you don't. Don't take a yeah. pill you can't identify. That's you right. Can't identify, yeah. mm -hmm. That's good advice, <laughs> children. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, no we pods, will. Okay, kids. Yeah. We will let you go. Um, before we do that, we do have when Jessica wrote the intro for for you on the show, she used this wonderful phrase, uh, thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. And okay. she, we, we have the video where that came from. So we'll show that last. Um, but before we do that, we do want to Isn't say that, that we can, like... yeah, it's so great. Um, <laughs> it's so great. Um, I get that in my but... timeline all the time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It might be an uh, ac accurate description, but <laughs> but I am we'll definitely a thick that. girl. It's like I'm I'm super tall and I'm kind of chubby and I have boobs and I have a butt, so I'm comfortable <laughs> with it. Though I just you know I want to lose like 50 more pounds and then I'll be happy. Don't if look I like that. Like it how I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll show that last. But before we do that, and after after that, you can bounce. Um, but I did want to let people know that if they want to find you on Twitter, they can do that at chesschick one and go to Mises.org and check out all of the resources, free resources you have to learn about Austrian economics, freedom, etc. There's so much there. It's a wealth, a dearth of knowledge. Um, I have to give a shout out to the Ron Paul Institute as well, because I've done stuff with them and I love them. So check them out. Um, and I've also recently been doing stuff with the Babylon Bee. So check out their podcasts. I love them. They're, they're wonderful people. Very sweet. Axe Very, Yeah. <laughs> Axe Cop. Uh, that, uh, was it Ethan N Nicole? That he, he used to do a, co a comic book called Axe Cop. Oh, yeah. And Axe. 
if like, yeah axe a a x e like a battle axe well i mean i guess it's I a you. regular axe but yeah axe cop check that out if you if you want to support okay. the babylon b because you know yeah. he works there he did that too uh but it was, beyond it was that like, pretty much like dan and uh kyle and a few others that i talked to the most <laughs> i give mj and seth a hard time <laughs> but yeah so 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 check out all those wonderful people and resources and stuff that's just happening in the world. Um, the Mises Institute has tons of events coming up. I might be at a few. Um, so check out the events. Are you going to be at Tom Woods 2000? I don't know. So you guys have to, if you guys want to, if you guys want me at Tom Woods, you just gonna have to message Tom and say, Hey, bring Matthew down for it. <laughs> I, I, I will, I will tweet at him because I'll be there. Yeah. Like, yeah, be bring Natalie. yeah, it'd be lots of fun. <laughs> I, I'm even more fun when I'm drinking. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, no, I, I would go to it. I'm actually going to the Yale event, uh, Young Americans for Liberty. So I am doing that in August. Cool. So okay. August, I'll be down. I'll be down in Florida for that. So that'll be nice. <laughs> so thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for for being a lot of fun. I have enjoyed the energy and the all of it. Um, the nerdiness. But, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I mean, I am a nerd. I, I I hide it with tattoos and beards and long hair, but. I, I hide it with boobs. Yeah. That's yeah. not hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's watch this video and then you can dip out and we'll do all the boring summary stuff at that point. So you don't have to okay. suffer through it. You guys, you guys have a wonderful night. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Here we go. Research on what rehabilitation that meant. And it says to make better. I want to be a better person. The state had the defendant on tape selling marijuana to an un a female undercover police officer on several different occasions. He had no problem whatsoever hitting on the undercover officer on the audio tape, trying to pick her up and saying, girl, you're thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so there we go. But like, like I said, again, thank you. You're a joy. Anytime yeah, you want to come back on and, and shoot the breeze, we're here. That sounds wonderful. Thanks. I love awesome. you guys. Bye. You have a great night. Bye. So for the rest of you, you degenerate scum. Um, no, I'm kidding. You're wonderful people. That's why you're here. Um, coming up, we, we're getting closer and closer to episode 100. And I'm not going to tell you what that is yet. Do I know what it is? There's a chance. It's Schrodinger's episode 100. We'll see what happens. Um, but next week on Wednesday at 8 p.m., it will be an earlier show like this one was, we have Mr. Mike Meharry from the 10th Amendment Center, who is quite a guy. Following that, we have Maddie from Voluntary Vixens, which is one of the shows on our little network, the MLGA network. Um, and then episode 100 the next week, which you don't know about. I'm not going to tell you. Um, oh, and then coming. episode 101, we're going to have uh, Mr. Nick Ashley, the Armenian. No, he's not Armenian. He's Turkish. The Turkish meme that's out no there on Twitter. No one knows exactly what he is. So. <laughs> he's something. <laughs> <laughs> he's something. We know he's something, but we don't know what. So he will be on the week after that. Uh, he has a show called The Individualist, if you want to go ahead and check that out. Um, but beyond that, we just have the nuts and bolts. If you want to find me on Twitter at Cam Harless, if you want to find Jessica, at Soup Canarchist. Um, all of our back catalog, all of the episodes previous to 10 ago, 
are all going to be exclusively on Rockfin or Odyssey. So we we have put a little barrier for entry because you know what? We we would like to make the show keep going. We would like to to help along the way. We'll get to that, oh. I promise. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered the other thing. The yeah, pe- that people are still probably hanging out wondering about. <laughs> we, yeah, we'll get to that in just one second. But okay. if you want to watch our backlog, our last 10 episodes are always going to be free and available. Anything be- before that, you can access on Odyssey or on Rockfin by joining Rockfin. The cool thing about Rockfin is you also get all of Monica Perez's stuff, Sam Tripoli's mm-hmm. exclusive stuff, etc. This Friday, we will be on... Uh, Monica Perez's disappearing patron party who so, so we will excited. be partying with her and probably drinking uh, yes. this Friday and anyone who joins our who pays for our Rockfin account gets a link to that party for free and so you get to hang out with us there um, beyond that uh, we do have shirts we have merch if you want to buy merch from us it's we are the mad slash store so much easier to say than it used to be just type that in speaking of merch Take it away, Jessica. (laughs) Okay, so over the past week, we've been having a contest, a free t-shirt contest. So we're giving away five free t-shirts to anybody who subscribed to the channel. And all you had to do was send us a screenshot of your subscription to the channel. So what I'm going to do now is at random, the, the five that Twitter shows me in the thread, you guys are the winners. That's how random it is my selection is going here. So uh, let's see real quick here. Not not all the retweets it w- we need the screenshots guys the screenshots yeah. there we go okay so the first one is liger at elagalis one uh you have won a free t-shirt so i'm going to um highlight and then it. highlight it okay and then the next one here is panther panther wins a free t-shirt we know panther he's at at panther rars um, he gets a free t-shirt and then, um, there was next one here is PJ Shamrock. You are the third winner. Um, I don't know PJ. Let me follow him. And then let's see. Final one here is at Wiggy 77. Cam never sent my screenshot. Oh, whip. I don't know. We'll figure you out. Don't worry, buddy. Okay, so that was four, right? I've got yep. Wiggy77, um, at PJ underscore Shamrock. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other guy? Panther Rars. And then the first one, hold on, let me scroll back up to him, is Liger at Eli Golis1. And then we need one more. Um, spin, spin the old wheel. We're going to spin the old wheel here. And I'm just letting it letting it get a good spin for the final the final t-shirt is going to be Kimberly Turo and she is uh that actually came from Facebook so I don't she doesn't have an at that I can shout her out to (laughs) but so those are those are the winners and um if I called out your name um you're going to get a message from me and then we'll get you your either free t-shirt or tank which I hope you will wear in good health. And thank you for subscribing to the channel. Um, If you guys are hanging out now and you want to throw us a subscription just out of the kindness and goodness of your heart, I would really appreciate that. And then um, please definitely, you know, uh, go to our other channels, Odyssey, where the mad Mm -hmm. ones at Odyssey and on Rockfin, which you can get a free account there 
Um, the paid one is even better. You get access to all of the uh, exclusive stuff, but uh, you, you also get free stuff there. So don't yep. feel like you're getting left out if you can't afford a paid subscription. We'll take care of you too. And also don't forget to go to laurenzotti.coffee and use promo code THEMADONES for 10% off some Italian coffee beans. And beyond that, uh, I think that that's all we've got. So Yeah, I think that's it. So Congratulations that, to the winners. We appreciate you. And if, if you could do a tweet as well, putting that out I there. I will. I'm going to put the winners in a tweet and I'll announce it for you guys. Awesome. So now yeah. that, that that is all done, we are done. And we appreciate everyone who listened. We appreciate or watched rather and listened if you're listening now. Um, and beyond that, my final words are be the glitch you want to see in the matrix.